0: So I won't pretend that I'm not worried, just like everybody else right now in the COVID-19 outbreak, because even after Everest and all the high altitude mountains I've been to, this is a, a totally new challenge. You know, I've never dealt with anything quite like this mountain. And it's very natural for us to be scared of the unknown, to be afraid of things we haven't seen before. You know, that's why we tend to stay in our comfort zones, to stay with what we know. Because whenever we're struggling with something, we usually have somebody to ask for help, you know, whether that's a family member, or a friend, a teacher, or we've been through something before. You know, if you've run a marathon, then you know that you can do another marathon. But now we're all in the same boat. And I think by staying resilient, by helping each other, we can find our way to the top of this new challenge ahead. Now, some of us are more naturally resilient due to our life experiences. You know, we've been exposed to different challenges growing up. Now, I had, a lot, I had a lot of those when I was at school, so I had a pretty normal upbringing, I was brought up in Chester, and my parents gave me a great start in life. But when I was about nine years old, I was diagnosed with a malform of epilepsy, which is quite a terrifying thing for a young person to go through. Now, that led to seizures and fits. It left me a nervous wreck, suffering with panic attacks. I had a stammer in my speech, which means sometimes I can't produce a single word. I've smashed up phones at home through the frustration of being unable to say my own name. And it didn't help that I was relentlessly bullied throughout my entire time at school. For no real reason. Just for being different. And the bullying got so bad that I started cycling 10 miles to school every single
1: day. Just to avoid the bullies on the school bus. Now I was the one that came last at sports day. You know, I hated PE at school.
0: So with all these things, I believed that I was born to fail. I believed that I was a victim. But I didn't realize at the time that all these challenges I had at school, which made it a really difficult time for me, were just building a a pretty solid foundation. We're building that resilience that would one day be an advantage.
1: When we're facing these challenges in life, we have to look for the opportunities because we don't always get to choose our challenges. And choose our response. And facing those fears has actually changed
0: my life for the better. Now, I was about 14 when I was on holiday in Turkey and decided to try something called paragliding. Now, this was a pretty major leap outside of my comfort zone. You know, I'd never been so scared in my life.
1: But in that moment, it was a shift because I started to view setbacks as a challenge instead. Found this confidence that I'd never had before. And realised I wasn't afraid of being different. I wanted to follow my own path.
0: Now from then on, I kept on trying to to find that next challenge. Find what I could overcome next. I was about 14 when I was hillwalking in the Lake District. A friend. I remember that first day in the mountains inspired the question of where is Mount Everest? Now, I didn't know anything about it, but I went home. I went on Google and I found this photo and straight away became fascinated, just captivated with the idea of climbing the Everest. So over, the, over four years, I started putting those steps in place to actually make this goal a reality. I was climbing in Scotland, climbing in the Himalayas, getting prepared for one of the world's most dangerous environments. But all that wasn't enough. Getting to Everest was going to
1: cost over £30,000. Now my parents weren't just going to sign me a cheque. My job washing pots in a local pub wasn't going to get me there. So I was going to have to find a way or make one. I spent a full year
0: working on fundraising full time, sending emails to companies across the UK,
1: knowing that if I didn't give it 100%, then I only had myself to let down. But to cut the long story short, in 2014, I flew out to Nepal for my first expedition. I was 18
0: years old. I was on a team led by a British mountain guide on this two-month expedition to climb to the top of Everest. it takes three weeks alone just to get to base camp. We're trekking in through these tiny villages, these high mountain passes,
1: and the scenery makes you feel so incredibly small. You're walking along thinking, If I feel like this down here, how on earth am I going to climb that? But before we could even get to base camp, there was a huge avalanche in the Cumbu Icefall. Disaster in Everest history at the time. 16 people were killed and we had to pack up and go home without stepping a single foot on the mountain. Now, of course, we had no right to complain when we were going back home safe to our families
0: but now we'd have to start from scratch would have to raise that money all over again. You know we're often taught that if we work hard in life we can get anything we want but unfortunately that doesn't take into account all the things that are outside our circle of control. We can see this as an excuse, we can see this as another opportunity to win. Now I'd like to share something with you called the circle of influence and concern which seems pretty important right now. You know, we have to waste our energy worrying about the things in our circle of concern, which are things like the, things like the COVID-19 outbreak, could be the weather, it could be our health, it could be money, it could be exams. And if we spend our time worrying about those things, we become stressed, hopeless, depressed, never, feel, and we never feel satisfied. Whereas if we spend our time on the things in our circle of influence, the things that we can control we stay proactive we stay in control we stay positive and we keep on moving forwards because most of the things that we that that we're concerned about most of the things that we worry about won't matter in a few months time it probably won't matter in a few weeks so I took another year to work on a series of ultra endurance challenges to get more preparation and more training and then went back to everest in 2015 Now, one morning, we left very early from base camp to try and reach camp one. Now, every step on the mountain was agony. It felt like I'd never been on a mountain in my life. And we're moving through the Cumbu Icefall, which is the most dangerous part of the entire route. You've got crevasses in the ground, hundreds of feet deep. Towers of ice, the size of a house that can topple at any moment. And on Everest, ultimately your circle of control is no bigger than the two
1: meters below your feet. So when there's so much risk around us, we just have to focus on taking those small steps. Today we were moving
0: through the Cumberland Icefall to Camp 1 and by this point we were less than half an hour away. I was so exhausted, I was so knackered that I didn't actually feel the ground shaking. I didn't feel the earthquake that had just hit Nepal and killed over 9,000 people. I just heard this huge crack above my head, the sound of ice breaking off the mountain and an avalanche coming straight towards us. Panic set in. I've got to get out of here fast. Moving as fast as I possibly could, my heart pounding through to the floor. All the time, the noise of this avalanche getting louder and faster. Just when I thought I'd escaped, just when I thought it had fallen behind us, the air pressure suddenly changed and it hit me with this whack like a snow cannon, knocked me off my feet, suffocating, freezing cold air, deafening blast of wind. Deathly white everywhere
1: I look. For the first time in my life, at 19, I was thinking, this is it. Game over. Any second now, it's just going to go black. And there is nothing I could control but to stand there and take it. Fortunately, the ice, the debris never came. And we escaped pretty much unharmed.
0: But at the time, we can only assume the worst. When we haven't dealt with something, when we're afraid of the unknown, we always think the worst is going to happen. But fortunately, our team had made it up to Camp one. But now we're trapped on the mountain for two days. The route down to base camp is gone. We're sleeping higher than the top of Kilimanjaro. And every half an hour, we've got aftershocks avalanching us from both sides. Any one of them could wipe out the entire camp. And again, all we can do is sit there and wait. But we had no idea that actually we'd been in the safest place of all. And that base camp down below had been hit by a much bigger avalanche. We came down by helicopter to carnage, to what I can only describe as a plane crash. You know, our home on the mountain had just gone. We didn't know where to start. Many people think that staying at base camp is the safest place to be,
1: but in reality, it probably would have killed us. I kept asking, you know, why then? Why not us? Because sadly, not everybody was so lucky that day. We lost three of our team at base camp. You know,
0: had we not left base camp that morning, we would most probably not be here right now. And we started walking down the road out of this camp to find this beautiful country devastated.
1: People's homes gone. You know, they've lost their jobs, their livelihood, their family, everything. And it was heartbreaking to see this, this beautiful place just so devastated.
0: I mean, we stayed with the Sherpa family who had this giant crack down the front of their house from the earthquake. And I remember coming over, bringing us trays of prawn crackers and Pringles and pop, Pringles and apple pie and doms, telling us that we're part of the family now.
1: And I remember Lapa coming over, telling us, "Don't worry, we'll build a better house." And I remember sitting
0: there, shaking my head, you know, amazed at that human resilience, because no matter when, how things go wrong, no matter how bad things get. When it feels like everything is against us, it's so important to find those things to be grateful for so that we can stay proactive and stay positive. And even now, every day, I write down something in my diary that I, that I feel grateful for. That's something that we can all do right away. So after this, in 2017, I started a new challenge called the UK which involved climbing to the highest points of all 100 UK counties. Walking, running, kayaking, cycling over 5,000 miles in 72 days, for you minds. Now, it was actually the hardest challenge that I'd ever taken on. Day after day, out in all weathers, pushing, up, pushing out there on my own. Now, I remember one day in Scotland, it all got too much. I had 40 days still to go. I was cold, I was scared, I was wet. I was alone, I was exhausted. I was
1: completely isolated. I'd never felt so alone. I remember sitting there on the mountain and I
0: just broke down. I just sobbed and sobbed and I cried my eyes out
1: like a baby. I wanted to go home, I wanted to curl up, I wanted to call my mum. I'd had enough. And then while I'm sobbing my heart out, I looked up and I realised, oh, there's nobody there. And I had no choice but to get myself down the mountain to safety.
0: It was about learning to take it one day at a time, breaking it down into small steps, whether that's one village, one hour, one day, one step. Just those small manageable chunks makes things so much easier. Not worrying about what's going to happen the day after or the next week or the next month. But then I came down with a chest infection and I tore a muscle in my left leg. Unfortunately my friend Richard came to the rescue with hot food, hot drink, and just somewhere to sleep when I was shivering and aching all over my sleeping bag. Just lucky this car. And we all need those positive people around us when we're anxious, when we're scared. Because it's important to know that the vibes we give out, you know, the energy we share, other people pick up on. And just having somebody there to help me work out the best options, to go through all the solutions, made all the difference when I was so close to throwing the towel in and giving up altogether. And that next day I was back on the bike and came driving past with the proclaimers, I'm going to be 500 miles playing out the car window. And those smallest things can really make the biggest difference. Because we have no idea what the people around us
1: might be dealing with right now. So if you think somebody's struggling you know don't just ask ask them twice because how often
0: do people ask if we're okay and we just say oh I'm fine by default because it's quite amazing what happens when one person puts their hand up first. Other people feel able to, to talk about their struggles and to share their challenges it makes these things easier to talk about. Because right now, especially, people will be struggling with their mental health more than ever before. And it's very difficult to support them when we can't see them in person for a few weeks. And that's why it's so important that we reach out to everybody we can and ask how they're feeling. You know, Since being in lockdown in the last couple of weeks, I've reached out to so many friends I've not spoken to for a while. I mean, one of them was 38 weeks pregnant and I had no idea. So now is the time you know it's so easy to get overwhelmed by all the bad news you know fortunately people in the uk have a very amazing ability to make memes and make humor out of a pretty terrible situation but two weeks ago before all this got worse myself and a friend got so fed up with all the news and all the anxiety that we decided to go wild camping in the mountains in coniston with no mobile no mobile phone signal no wi-fi Just the tents and the great outdoors in the Lake District, and for that one night, you know, the world felt normal again. I came back down buzzing, smiling, feeling so much better, so much calmer. Now, obviously, with the restrictions, we can't do this right now. We have to stay at home, or we at least have to stay local. But the steps that we can all take to switch off, to take a break from all the bad news, it just makes us feel worse. Maybe we have to limit how often we watch the news maybe once or maybe twice a day and switch off keep busy and keep focusing on the positive things. But I've also suffered with mental health on and off throughout my life and for me being outside and being active has been the most powerful medication that I've tried. That's why I recently set up a new charity called Mind Over Mountains which is about restoring mental health through the outdoors. Now, with the current restrictions on lockdown, we have to stay close to home and do just one form of exercise per day. Now, for me, I'm very, very grateful that I can get out and do that. Because even if it's just 30 minutes each day, even if it's just walking the dog, exercise is one of the best ways to reduce anxiety, to maintain our mental health and to let that stress out of the bucket. And there's always a way, because I recently heard about a man in Spain who ran a whole marathon. By just running laps on his balcony of his apartment, and you know, last weekend I went out on a bike, uh, went on a bike ride for three hours, and just the ability to switch off, to enjoy the sunshine, enjoy the wildlife, made me feel so much more positive and so much more optimistic. You know, I was due to start my next challenge, which which was a big run uh, in May in a few weeks' time, but because of this, I've got a tendon injury in my foot, so this. You know, this lockdown period, this whole epidemic has actually given me a chance to recover properly. It's given me a chance to get more trading and get even more prepared. So, if we look for them, there's always advantages, there's always opportunities. We just have to make the best of it. Because, as you can probably tell in my life so far, some of the biggest disasters and some of the biggest challenges have led to the best opportunities. What matters right now is our response, because so much is out of our control. But for what we can't control, even if we can't see the top, we have to stay resilient. We have to look after our mental health and those around us, because together we can come back even stronger and make this the best summit yet. So stay safe, everybody. Keep talking to each other and keep washing your hands. And if you have any other questions, if you want to get in touch for any advice and staying resilient through these challenging times, please feel free to contact me from my social media page and my website. And I look forward to catching up with you again sometime soon. Take care and bye for now.